This is Cheyenne Roundup, a weekly look at the action inside the general session of the 67th Wyoming Legislature from Wyoming Public Media and WyoFile. I'm Madeline Beck. I report on public health and safety for WyoFile. I'm Mike Koshmerl. I cover natural resources and the legislature for WyoFile. And I'm Caitlin Tan. I cover energy and natural resources for Wyoming Public Media. And we're heading into week seven of the session, and lawmakers are in recess for President's Day. They'll be back to work on Tuesday the 21st with more deadlines on the horizon. Friday is the last day for bills to be reported out of committee in the second chamber. So that means if you're following a Senate file, you'll want to see if it's out of committee in the House or out of committee in the Senate if it's a House bill. As we've mentioned before, votes can kill bills, but so can missed deadlines. But today, let's start with what's survived the process. Mike, last week, the governor signed some bills into law. What have you been watching that made it to the governor's desk? You're right, Madeline. Bills are being signed into law, and that kind of means that the legislature is winding down. Uh, There's uh, just two weeks to go as we uh, set into the second to last week of the session. Uh, We started out with 497 bills. As of Friday afternoon, there were only... 163 active bills remaining. You know, when I say that, it almost sounds like the Wyoming legislature is a reality television show. Which bills will survive? Well, some already have. In addition to the 163 bills lawmakers are still working on, 83 have been engrossed by the legislature, and many of those have been signed into law by Governor Mark Gordon's signature. The very first of those was signed on Wednesday during a public ceremony at the Capitol. And the very first piece of legislation signed that came out of the 67th Wyoming legislature was Senate File 23 Treatment Courts Transferred to Judicial Branch. A treatment court is basically like a form of probation, and it's one that is proven to help people who have struggled with substance abuse overcome their problems rather than go through kind of a spin cycle of the ordinary judicial process. Currently, treatment courts are under the auspices of the Department of Health, uh, but as of 2024, uh, July to be precise, uh, that will change to treatment courts will be managed by the Wyoming Supreme Court. Uh, Essentially, it's like a jurisdiction change that will make treatment courts more accessible to addicts and substance abusers who have committed a crime. And it's a change that the Wyoming Supreme Court's Chief Justice, uh, Kate Fox, is welcoming. Only the farthest right members of the Wyoming legislature opposed transferring treatment courts to the judicial branch. Uh, But evidently, they didn't have the numbers to make a difference because now it's happening. Another bill that I want to flag that was signed into law on Wednesday is House Bill 69, coal-fired facility closure litigation funding amendments. (laughs) A bit of a mouthful. Uh, That legislation allocates $1.2 million for the state of Wyoming to intervene in lawsuits that involve the closure of coal-fired power plants. It's uh, perhaps not that surprising uh, that this bill passed. Uh, Historically, royalties and severance taxes from coal have been a huge source of revenue for Wyoming, uh, and the state's given few indications that it's ready to keep coal in the ground. Uh, Governor Mark Gordon said as much. He said, quote, coal has a future in Wyoming in a statement around the time that he signed this bill into law. 
Uh, it is certainly worth noting that Wyoming is fighting the free market by trying to keep coal-fired power plants alive. Uh, utilities are closing them down under their own volition. And by fighting that, Wyoming is really costing ratepayers who have to pay for their electricity to run their homes and their businesses. Uh, my colleague at Wildfile, Dustin Bleizeffer, he actually has a story uh, about that that's up on our website right now. Another grouping of bills that I've been watching involved the regulation of shed antlers. Caitlin, I know that you've been tracking that legislation as well. Yeah, no, I have. And uh, they were actually up for discussion in a Senate committee this week, and they both passed out of the committee. And they've both been voted on and passed through the House as well. Um, you know, some of the the bill sponsors kind of talked about these bills being like feel good bills for Wyoming residents. And the idea is to give Wyoming residents a little bit of an advantage when it comes to shed hunting. You know, shed hunting season starts May 1st at 6 a.m. And it's mostly in western and southern parts of Wyoming. Um, and it's a pretty big holiday. You know, it brings out a lot of people. There was concern that a, Wyoming residents maybe are at a disadvantage, and then B, that it's stressful to the wildlife. So one of the bills proposes to have non-residents start their hunting three days later. Again, just giving the locals that advantage and, and reducing stress for wildlife. And there was concern that we've heard before over in the House that this is going to be hard to enforce. You know, it's already hard to kind of enforce people hunting for antlers only on May 1st, you know, because people are allowed to be on public lands. And so who's to say a non-resident is out just enjoying the public lands on May 1st versus actively hunting for antlers. But the Game and Fish supported the bill and they said they are willing to have a little more uh, work on their plates to try to enforce this. You know, there was quite a bit of different discussion on this bill and an interesting concern I hadn't heard before came about from Laura Pearson. She's a sheep rancher in southwest Wyoming, and her concern was about immigrant workers and that they are non-residents, but they work here in Wyoming. Would this bill affect them? So here's what Laura Pearson had to say about that. You know, it's a little extra money that they make when the horn hunters come through in the fall looking for horns, but it's not like that they're out <laughs> looking for horns actively, but if they see them, are they going to be allowed to pick them up on May 1st? But the Game and Fish responded and said that, yes, immigrant workers would have to wait three days to start their hunt, but it's something that maybe the Game and Fish Commission could consider later on. Uh, the bill did pass through committee. Another bill kind of would complement this and deal with uh, requiring non-residents to have a conservation stamp to hunt for antlers, and that costs $21.50. And so that bill also passed out of committee. Uh, Mike, I know you and I are both based in Western Wyoming. Uh, do you think this would be hard to enforce um, either of these bills? Yeah, Caitlin, I hate to say it, but I think it will be very difficult for wardens yeah. to enforce there are no laws prohibiting uh, non-residents from being out on national forest land. And so these guys who have been coming for decades, some of them, uh, to shed hunt on May 1st, very well might end up coming on May 1st. And then instead of possessing antlers, I think that there's a strong likelihood that they will just cache them. They will hide them and then come back on May 4th 
uh, and take them out legally. And so, yeah, it is a fraught area of the law and it's a, a kind of a whole new uh, realm of shed antler regulation that Wyoming is moving into. And I imagine that there will be law enforcement headaches for your uh, years to come. Yeah. Well, if they ultimately become law, um, it wouldn't start until next year's hunting season. Madeline, I want to switch gears. I saw your story on the Food Freedom Act. Quite the name for the bill. What What does that mean? Yeah. So I think to explain this, we have to rewind a little bit. Uh, the Wyoming Food Freedom Act passed in 2015. And what it did was essentially made selling homemade or home-baked goods legal. You can sell them out of your home or the farmer's market or a retail shop as long as it was properly labeled. Some people might have even seen these labels around at their local grocery store or co-op. It is, quote, this food was made in a home kitchen, is not re regulated or inspected, and may contain allergens. Now, what happened more recently is some food regulators didn't agree whether certain items were included in that law, like raw milk and eggs, which can be more finicky with temperature and handling. So now you have Senate File 102, which essentially adds dairy and eggs to the definition of what folks can sell. That way there's zero confusion. It also defines a designated agent, which people can hire to help market, transport, or sell their home goods. Was there any pushback on that? There was virtually no pushback, actually. Uh, but <laughs> there was a little disappointment that this doesn't exist for meat producers in the state, particularly for sheep. But Representative John Eklund did mention they'd probably talk more about that in the future. Now, to read more about the bill or pasteurized versus raw milk, check out my story on wildfile.com. For now, that bill is on a trajectory to hit the governor's desk soon. One other thing I wanted to mention that I was watching was the bill that made it easier to create EMS districts. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but the basic principle is EMS is struggling in rural parts of the state. Costs of running the emergency service are often higher than what it earns through ambulance bills. Just think of, you know, an EMS agency out in a rural area. They're being paid to sit there and wait in case an emergency call comes in. Now, they might get reimbursed for the random call that does come in, but they are also paid to be there all the time. So county commissioners and counties have been trying to foot the bill to keep those propped up. But at the same time, several have closed in the last few years. The proposed legislation this year would streamline a process to allow county commissioners to create special EMS districts. Funding for those would come from asking voters to approve more mill levies or higher property taxes if they want to continue having emergency medical services when they call 911. There was a bit of disagreement about the bill, which you can read about in my story, but at the end of the day, it passed the legislature, and the end is in sight for it to become law. The end is also in sight for the lawmakers in Cheyenne, roughly two weeks left. What are you two watching as things wind down? Madeline, one thing that I have my eye on is the legislature is already looking into what it wants lawmakers to examine next, or in other words, set interim topics uh, for the interim period before the legislature convenes next session. The public can actually be involved in that process. You, listener, get a hold of your representative or senator uh, to suggest an idea, whatever that might be. Your representative or senator will then have to present that idea to a committee, and it'll be up to the committee to make a decision about whether to study that topic. Uh, it's worth noting this is all happening soon, so get to thinking. 
according to the Legislative Services Office, all interim topics must be submitted by 4 p.m. on Friday. Yeah, and I'm kind of just watching energy bills that uh, could still die this week with the upcoming deadline on Friday of the bills needing to make it out of their committee, like the taxing solar farms bill. We don't currently do that. And the House has tossed that over to the Senate to consider. You know, one source I was speaking with this week said that the energy we choose to tax and not tax kind of says a lot about what energy we're going to prioritize in Wyoming going forward. So I'll be watching that. Sounds interesting. Dead bills, live bills, bills being signed. Anyway, thank you both, Caitlin and Mike. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Madeline. And thanks to you listeners for listening to the Cheyenne Roundup, your weekly look at what lawmakers are up to during the 2023 legislative session from Wyoming Public Media and Wyofile. New episodes drop every Monday of the session. Till then, you can stay updated on all things legislative on wyomingpublicmedia.org and wyofile.com. Thanks for listening.